Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Charity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, here at noon, a few hours earlier than usual, with Mike Valverde. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Friday, Giants and Dodgers, game one. Um, and so that's exciting. First time they've ever met in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did a whole article on the history of, of this rivalry, which was fun to get into and learn some new things and um, about how it started and why it started and all those kind of things. So enough for baseball. But, yeah, um, looking forward to Sunday. Hopefully my home my hometown team wins. I need I need to go four and one. I'm playing um, my division rival who's three and one. I'm three and one. So got to get that done. Gotta get that W, and we'll help folks get their W. How did uh, how did the Thursday night football play into it at all this week? Yeah, actually it did. Uh, I had uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, I'm just fear- frustrated with him. He had a couple opportunities. Oh. He had like three opportunities actually. None of them panned out. And then um, he had Russell Wilson, uh, DK Metcalf, and who, whoever Seattle's kicker is. I have no idea. Jason Myers, I think the name is. It's yeah, it very. Let's see. Um, I have it up. You are correct. It is yeah. Jason Myers. Wow, the guy I'm playing up against this week benched Tyler Higby. So. Oh, oh, actually, he benched Tyler Higby as well, um, and played Kyle Pitts. Ooh. Well, we'll see how that plays out. So, um. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. This is, as I said, the Football Absurdity Podcast, part of footballabsurdity.com. Um, what we do in this podcast is we ask questions about what we want to see for the game coming up. And then on Tuesday, uh, every week, we answer those questions. Uh, you can find the answers to those questions on our Patreon, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. If you want to join the discussion, it's um, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity is our Discord a lot of fun, over a thousand people in that Discord, which is kind of wild. Um, you can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash footballabsurdity. We missed some streams this week because of the whole wildness with like Twitch stuff getting leaked. Like uh, there are some problems with our Twitch key. Everything's okay. It was just getting stuff reset. So we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on that on Monday with a Monday afternoon signal caller. And then on Sunday as well with the start, start or sit show, um, which is you say that three times fast. Um <laughs> Uh, starting at 8 a.m. Pacific. So if you need help with the Atlanta Jets game, uh, good luck, because that game will be halfway done by the time we start. So, uh, Mike, Thursday night football. Uh, Seattle takes this one down. I'm sorry, the Rams take this one down, 26 to 17. Before we get into the questions, I think the big storyline in this one is Russell Wilson's hurt. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the game? Yes, I did. Uh, so... Uh, uh, I finished making dinner and I was sitting down to eat it literally as he hit his hand on the helmet. And so they kept showing his like involuntarily bent finger while I was trying to eat dinner. And I was like, well, this is nice disgusting. combination there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to see this. So um, I think that's the big story of the game uh, that and apparently you can punt twice. Yes. Yeah. Was, which is interesting because I, I knew that rule. Um, because when I was refereeing, um, little league, um, Mm -hmm. I never refereed anything more than little league, but when I was refereeing little league, we had this exact same situation happen. 
And so when Pierre was, was talking about it, I'm like, no, 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 no. It went behind the line of scrimmage so he can repunt it, repunt it. And then they went back and they discovered that, yeah, as long as the ball goes behind the line of scrimmage, it never advances, they can repunt the second time. Oh, so if it get like it's one of those if it's one of those plays where it gets tipped and goes end over end and lands like short, they can't like run back and then repunt it. But as long as it stays behind the line of scrimmage, they can repunt it. Right. So if, okay. the, if the player blocks it and it doesn't advance past the line of scrimmage, then then you can repunt it. All right. Well, that's good to know. That's good to keep in mind. But yeah, last night was kind of chaos. Um, I think the big story, like I said, is Russell Wilson getting hurt. Let's start there rather than our questions, because um, Russell Wilson, it was reported today, he's going to need surgery on his hand. So chances are he's going to be missing the first game of his career, which is weird to think about that he hasn't missed a game yet from injury. So um, did they figure out what the situation was? I, I, I was watching a video on the two possibilities of the finger. If it's the front portion of the finger where the nail is, and that is broken, then that will require, he'll require to miss four to six weeks. If it's near the palm of the hand, then he can come back and be day to day. They said that it's mallet finger, which is why oh, his, mallet yeah. finger. Then it's yeah. four to six weeks. He'll miss four to six weeks. Oof. Rough, 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 rough. So uh, Geno Smith in two quarterback leagues, he looked okay. He looked better than I remember Geno Smith looking. He looked proficient. Um, but I wonder how much of that was people going, wait, who's, the, who's the quarterback there? Geno Smith. Uh, <laughs> can somebody dial up some tape from three years ago? So we know what to do. Um, so I think with Geno, it's a lot, we, we see these all the time where it doesn't even matter what kind of player it is. The second backup comes in, oh, these teams, these teams totally focus on, the starting quarterback and what Russell Wilson can do and all the traits that Russell Wilson can do. And even though Geno Smith is sort of a third class citizen to, to Russell Wilson, um, they, they can do sort of the same things, but obviously the traits grades are much higher for Russell Wilson. They, they, they study Russell Wilson. So you get these players come in and they do well. Why? Because they're not studying for Geno Smith. They're studying for Russell Wilson. And I have to admit that you're right about that. He did play well. Uh, even the interception was not even on him. Uh, yeah. Lockett, Lockett fell, split, right? Yeah. Fell down, right. Yeah. And he he made a, a, a good pass. It was it was a very good pass. So uh, Geno Smith overall looked really good, but I would temper expectations coming in the next week. I don't even know who they play, but um, there's a reason why Geno Smith has not been a starting quarterback for any other team outside the Jets. Yeah, so the next two weeks they get the Steelers, who are 13th against uh, quarterbacks, and then they get the Saints, who are 24th against quarterbacks. So we don't have good matchups coming up for uh, Geno Smith in his next couple of starts. Then he gets Jacksonville. Um, you know, depending on if it's four weeks, you know, and depending on when Russ gets into the surgery, he might be back for that Jacksonville game because don't forget it's 10, 10 days from now till week six starts. So, you know, um, he may be back for that Jacksonville game. Who knows? So this might not be a great move uh, for the fantasy managers out there to run out and pick up Geno Smith. Actually, I'm looking at their schedule again. Chances are it's Geno the next three games because then they have the bye week and then they have the Packers and the Cardinals. So they'll probably, if Russ, because Russ tends to heal pretty fast um, from stuff, 
Um, if he heals, you know, on the he'll probably be on the short end of that, which puts him out. Steelers, Saints, Jags, and then the bye week, and then he's back for the um, Packers. So that's probably what uh, Seattle wants to do. Makes sense. Yep. So um, let's look at the questions that we asked on the Tuesday episode, which was, I said, will Robert Woods, quote, pull his head out of his ass? Um, he did in a big way. Uh, squeaky wheel game, uh, get right times, game. I think, right? Yeah. His- tw- pulled his head out of his ass 12 times. 12 for 14, 150 yards. Um, I think the touchdowns were, they, I mean, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson both scored on like their first rush attempts inside the five. So it's like, okay, so there's no chance for a play there. Uh, Higby had the other touchdown on Jamal Adams, just forgetting how to play football. That man is bad in coverage. Oh, my God. He's horrible. He's, oh, my he's, God. He's very much the opposite of what you want from a safety or free safety. Mm-hmm. He just – he's horrible in coverage, but he's awesome in, you know, coming down and, and making the tackles and, and blitzing and sacking the quarterback, which – you don't really think of a, as a safety. You think that someone may be a linebacker or a defensive yeah. lineman. He plays like a small edge is what he plays like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, um, your question uh, was, uh, I, I think, a pretty resounding. Uh, will Chris Carson or Daryl Henderson be better? Why don't we just talk about Daryl Henderson since Chris Carson was inactive with a neck injury that we found out about. Pretty much as soon as uh, I uploaded the episode. Yeah, we, we we ended it. It was like six minutes later that, that we found out that Chris Carson was going to be out. Um, yeah, Daryl Henderson looks really good when there's a lane for him to make that one cut. He is not someone who's going to be bouncing the ball or bouncing around the, the edge of the defensive line. Um, he's very much a one-cut runner who has a lot of speed downhill. So if you give him that lane, he's going to take advantage of it. Uh, he did for 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, I, I mean, I like Daryl Henderson a lot, it, it, as long as there's lanes there. And the Rams offensive line certainly can do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Daryl Henderson, good at football, uh, the Rams offensive line, like you mentioned, uh, was opening up some good holes. There was, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of this has to do with the Seahawks defense, too. I forget who posted it today. I think it was uh, FB underscore, fil- yeah, Ted and Wynn, FB underscore film analysis on Twitter, posted that the Rams ran the same pass play like three or four times in a row. Um, and the Seahawks did nothing to stop it. Wow. They're just terrible. I mean, Ken Norton Jr. is just a bad defensive coordinator is what it comes down to. Um, And the personnel there is not great either. But if you have Jamal Adams, stop putting him in coverage. That seems pretty straightforward, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, unless you just want to get burned. Um, I mean, I guess I guess what you could do is just play zone and have, you know, someone the DB and then him sort of um, cover. Uh, whatever the DB misses, but you you can't really rely on him um, one-on-one coverage at all. Exactly. Um, so Walker's question was about um, uh, Alex Collins or, Dar- or Chris Carson. Again, Chris Carson didn't play. Alex Collins was okay. He was fine. He had a couple decent runs, but all in all, he was just the Alex Collins we know. Kind of frenetic, kind of like 
he he does the thing where you know you keep pumping your legs to move the pile except the pile doesn't move (laughs) he's not a very strong runner but he kept he kept moving a lot and i think that that's people get confused with alex collins and um yeah i mean he's not great uh this neck injury though to chris carson uh sounds like it's something he's been dealing with for a long time so i wouldn't be too worried it's just kind of like flared up and uh he couldn't go on the short week so um I mean, DK Metcalf smashed uh, 598-2, and he was a big boy on that one touchdown where he just kind of muscled his way into the end zone. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 5 for 10, 57 yards. Mike mentioned he fell on a touchdown pass. There was another touchdown pass, where the one where actually Russell Wilson got hit his hand, where he was wide open, but because Russ hit his hand, he way overthrew him. So could have been a bitter, bigger day for Lockett, but this is three bad games in a row for Lockett, Mike, and... Um, you kind of called this. I think uh, I think you conceded to me that I was right about Lockett too early. Like I conceded to you, you were right about David Johnson too early last year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you what 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 do you think we can expect from uh, Tyler Lockett going forward? So this is um, th- in his last three games, he's averaging about 37 yards on four catches, um, which is not good. Yeah. So. The thing with with Lockett and last year and what the big reason why I had him as a wide receiver 30 finish is because if you go back to last season, you'll see that most of his numbers came in like three or four games, Uh, his big numbers. And that's sort of what boosted his his, uh, I guess, his statistical overall numbers and one of the reasons why I always harp, you cannot just look at season-ending numbers. You have to look week to week, week to week, to see what these players are actually doing. And and DK Metcalf is far more consistent than Tyler Lockett is. Uh, and DK Metcalf is the number one wide receiver on the team, too, so he should be. But this was one of those games where Tyler Lockett should have exploded and didn't. So this makes me worry if it's going to be another two or three games before we actually see him explode again. Um, or is it just one of those things where he could have back-to-back weeks where he should have exploded and does. It's just a very tricky situation. If I was a, a, a manager, um, what I would do is look at your roster and see what you kind of set at, at a weekly basis if your team is mostly um, boom or bust kind of players, then bench lock it and put someone in there like a Jacoby Myers or someone that may not explode, but can can secure your floor from completely bottoming out. If your your team is mostly floor players where they're secure the floor, then you could throw a locket in there and hopefully he, he can bust, boom and then push you over the edge yeah so that's that's the perfect way to put it if you have a lot of up and down guys you can't start tyler lockett right now and even if you have like disappointing guys you can't like if you have an out Al- you can't have alan robinson and tyler lockett in the same lineup it just won't work but yeah the jacoby myers the hunter renfros are these like solid just like they will get you fantasy points guys those will work with tyler lockett um I think that's it for this one. We covered Hendo, uh, Cooper Cup, 7 for 10, 92 yards. Still a very good game. Um, you know, he can't have a million touchdowns every single game. Um, you know, Stafford. Stafford was okay. Three, 365 helps, but one touchdown, one pick doesn't help too much. Um, 
and then Russ, you get partial credit because you uh, you missed half the game. So yeah, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Sunday. So let's go ahead. Let's start with the uh, Falcons and the Jets. Technically, the Falcons are the home team, but this is in the UK. This is a 6:30 Pacific start, 6:30 a.m. Uh, Jets are one and three. Falcons are one and three. This is a 46 point over under. Uh, Atlanta are three point favorites when I pulled this up, but uh, since that happened, uh, everybody has been ruled out. Uh, no yeah. Russell Gage, no Calvin Ridley. That's a personal issue, so hopefully he'll be back in Week Six. Um, nothing long term to worry about for the Jets. Uh, no Tyler Croft, uh, which is a second straight game missed. And then Elijah Moore should be back. He was upgraded to full this week in practice. So it'll be Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder. But I think the question, Mike, that you have and that everybody has is, can the, can is this finally going to be Kyle Pitts's time? Is this his time to shine? I mean, you would think so. Nobody's there um, for the Falcons. <laughs> it's just him and um, Cortland Patterson. Um, but... Um, it's really, yeah, I mean, he should. But then I look at the Jets' defense, and they're seventh toughest against tight ends. So you're like, well, it should be Kyle Pitts' day, but when the Jets are pretty strong against tight ends, then you're like, well, maybe not. Um, they only allow 8.4 points to the tight end position um, on a per-game basis. I, I I could I'd see it as another Kyle Pitts kind of what we've seen from him week one through four. I don't see him exploding. Um, I I know he's doing well as far as he's getting the targets and he's getting um, all the sort of goal line work and he's he, you know all these things that are you're just looking at and it's almost like in a, all these separate ingredients are there. You just got to put it together to make the cake. And mm -hmm. so far, the cake isn't being made. But you're like, OK, you can't just let all the ingredients sit there or they'll just go bad. And I don't see Kyle Pitts going bad. I see it finally coming together and, and making that cake. But I just don't see it this week. I, I see it next week. And just hopefully by then it's not spoiled. <laughs> the eggs can only the eggs and milk can only sit out for so long before you bake the cake and you know this is kind of what i worried about with kyle pitts like i i was a quote-unquote hater of kyle pitts hater i had him as my tight end six as a rookie which is unprecedented but because i didn't How have him as my, i know because he wasn't my number four tight end i hated him um but this is like you know it's like you have all the ingredients, but they don't give you access to the oven until you're a sophomore in the NFL, until your second year, because it's it's a lot to change. And people are like, oh, well, he'll play more wide receiver. And it's like, how have the rookie wide receivers done? You know, Jamar Chase had a lot of long touchdowns, so he's done well. Uh, uh, Jalen Waddell had like 13 targets in a game, so he did well in that game. And it's like even rookie wide receivers struggle. Like we got spoiled last year. I think that's the problem. So we all expected Kyle Pitts to do well. And Mike, you mentioned there the points per game to tight ends. And it's like uh, Hayden Hurst isn't dead. Like right. he's still there. He had four targets last week. He's still involved. Um, he played. It looks, I wonder if he got hurt in the middle here because uh, he played 60 percent, 42, 39, and then 64 percent of snaps in the last four games. I have to imagine he's north of 65. He's playing at least two thirds of the snaps, which. 
we'll just drag down and uh, Kyle Pitts a little bit. I think what's more likely to happen, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Matt Ryan falls apart without Calvin Ridley, without Russell Gage, um, throwing to Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Like that's more likely to happen than for Matt Ryan to lift this team up because Matt Ryan just isn't the type of player that lifts players up anymore. No, he's yeah, he's pretty done with with all of that um, for sure. He, I mean, even Calvin Ridley is is not performing how we saw Calvin Ridley perform, and mm-hmm. I think that's definitely more on Matt Ryan than it is on Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So who are you taking in this game, Mike? Oh yeah, I forgot we have to pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Jets. Me too. I thought I was going to uh, stun you by going with the Jets, and then uh, I don't think Walker got his picks in. Hold on, Walker. Walker is in a pick'em with me. Let me see if he got his picks in there, so I could tell you what they are. It's, I think he did it to the side of our questions. Oh, did he? Oh, they're right there. Oh, perfect. No, those are my picks. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Walker's picks are blank, but let me see uh, one sec. I think I might be able to pull them up here. Walker, Walker. Uh, he picks the Jets. Okay, he has a full he has a full uh, set of picks in this thing, so I can I can get his picks for him. So Jets. So Walker's okay, everybody. Uh, Mike and I are just recording early because I'm going to the Giants game tonight, so uh, Walker cannot participate. So I will be asking his questions. And the next game has a Walker question. It's Green Bay, who is three and one at Cincinnati, who are shockingly also three and one. Um, I guess that's what happens when you play the uh, um, the Bengals, not the Bengals. They are the Bengals, the Jaguars. My brain broke for a second there. Um, They're both sorry, just they yeah. Both a lot of practice reports are coming in, so I'm like monitoring like ten things at once. <laughs> um, Fifty and a half point over under Green Bay. Three-point favorites. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's limited in practice this week with an ankle injury, but nobody seems concerned about it. So that's not a big deal. Uh, Jair Alexander expected to miss this game, though, which is a big deal. He's the, oh yeah, he's one of the best corners in the NFL. He's obviously the best corner on the Packers. And, um, you know, that could mean big things for all the wide receivers um, in Cincinnati because uh, T Higgins is going to play uh, this weekend, which was a big question with his shoulder injury. Joe Mixon has an ankle problem, which we should know on Saturday, according to Zach Taylor, that'll determine his status for week five. But I mean, Mike, where have we seen this before? Or Zach Taylor stringing us along about a Joe Mixon injury. Yeah. Like, this, is, this, this feels like last year. So, Check your waiver wire, see if Samaj P. Ryan's available if you need a guy to plug in. Deeper PPR leagues, I guess Chris Evans, but he hasn't shown anything. That's just hoping he does, I think. Well, the offensive coordinator was talking about how this was going to be a split backfield. Um, yeah. With Sam Jay and uh, Chris Evans. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't even know how many receptions Chris Evans. If, if, if anything... If you're looking at sort of that Chris Evans kind of player, I would go Brandon Bolden in New England. Yes. Um, over over Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean Chris Evans' upside is gonna be like what three for thirty-seven? Like. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be much. I I think Brandon Bolden definitely out targets him and 
gets more receptions. Yeah, and Brandon Bolden's out there in about 95% of leagues right now. So you can definitely go out there and scoop him up in most leagues. So um, the question for this one, which I'm surprised Walker acts. Asked, Me too. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I'm like, he hates A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Walker hates A.J. Dillon if he wants to know if he's going to be flex-worthy because last week he was 15 for 81, which, you know, that's a flex-worthy game in standard leagues, you know, non-PPR. Um, but I don't think he is flex-worthy this week. It's a bad matchup. Uh, the Bengals are 20th in fantasy points per game to running back right now. Um, I guess what he's – this is – I'm going to try to dive into Walker's head really quick. The Packers should be up big. If Aaron Jones's ankle is bothering him, that means A.J. Dillon put, salts the game away. But I don't know if the Packers are going to be up big because of no Jair Alexander. I think this is going to be a shootout with um, the Bengals kind of keeping up with the Packers in a 50 and a half point over under. Says it's not going to be a huge game, but it's not going to be as big as we think. So. Um, I think that's Walker's thought process there, which is, uh, is A.J. Dillon going to be salting the game away? But I don't I don't think so. I have A.J. Dillon and Scott Fishbowl, and I'm I'm picking up a kicker to play over him. Yeah, I would too. So it's, it's like, uh, that, that's... You figure a kicker is at least going to get at least a field goal or two extra points or two field goals. And that's six points uh, where, or if not more, you know, seven. Depending it on is the more because the Scott Fishbowl scoring is out of control. Is it fun? Uh, it's annoying. Okay. <laughs> he, yeah. is, is it too much science, uh, scientist behind the, the creation a little bit? A little bit. I think it, it went a little bit far. I got you. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, even even if. Even in the weird leagues like that, where if, if you can do that with a kicker, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, you're going to get more points out of your kicker than you will Dylan. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I would not flex A.J. Dillon in this game. Um, so, you're starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting Devontae Adams. Um, Randall Cobb got spicy last week. No MVS, couple touchdowns. Would you start Randall Cobb or... Tyler Boyd with a fully actualized uh, Bengals uh, offense. I got to still go Boyd here. Yeah. I, Cobb, he had a good game, but, you know, I don't I don't see that on a consistent basis. And since he's not going to be a consistent guy, especially he'll hit maybe one week and then you won't see him for four weeks. I, he's he had he hit. So just like just like, you know, the arm in Vegas and the. You pull it, you might get a winner, but you're not going to be getting winners every single time. You're going to have to wait 20 turns. Randall Cobb's going to have to wait 20 weeks before he <laughs> hits again, and therefore Tyler Boyd's my guy. Yeah, I think uh, last week we were concerned about the. We were saying, you know, if if Boyd pl- or if Higgins plays, don't play Boyd. Uh, but I think this week it's all systems go with you know the best part of the. Packers pass defense on the shelf. So um, I'm starting all the Bengals wide receivers wherever I have them. Um, maybe if you're worried about the shoulder injury for Higgins, you can get away from him. But Boyd, Chase, starting those guys up. Um, if Joe Mixon doesn't play, where does Samaje fit in for you? Would you start Samaje or um, I was going to say Mike Davis, but that's a game we don't know the we won't know at that point since it's 6:30 or 
Let's see, Samaje or Leonard Fournette. Ooh, uh, I I probably have to go Leonard Fournette, even though okay. I don't really want to. I think he'll, yeah, yeah, Leonard Fournette. It's it, it's close though. I think it's really close. Yeah, so it's looking like Christian McCaffrey isn't going to play. Uh, do you want to go with um, Chuba Hubbard or Samaje if Mixon doesn't play? I, I think Chuba, especially against. I don't know how are the Eagles um, against running backs. The Eagles. They're uh, bad. They're really bad. They're they're four to hey, four, four point yeah four point six yards per carry. And if you take out Elijah Mitchell's terrible game, they're five point one yards per carry. Yeah, twenty uh, seventh ranked and yeah. twenty eight point six uh, points per game allowed. Yeah, I'll go Chuba. Chuba. Okay, and then last one, Damian Harris or Samaj P. Ryan. If um, Joe Mixon is out and Damian Harris is going up against Houston. Uh, yeah, again, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Or I mean, Samaj- I'm sorry, not Joe Mixon. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Okay, so so Samaj P. Ryan's more of a. Uh, oh, thank God, I need a player, and he is sitting on the waiver wire than a guy that we go rather than a guy we go out and get this week. Uh, yeah, he's definitely um, break break the glass in emergency use only kind of guy. Yep, I am going Green Bay. Yes, and I am going Green Bay as well. Walker is not here to defend himself, so he's going to go Cincinnati. No, he's going Green Bay. <laughs> going Green Bay. All right. Uh, next game up, uh, maybe the reason Walker isn't here, Detroit 0-4 at Minnesota <laughs> 1-3. It is a 10 a.m. start as well. This one has a 49-point over-under. Uh, Vikings are 7.5-point favorites in this one. And um, surprise injuries, uh, TJ Hawkinson has a chance, quote, to play this week against the Vikings, which, um, okay, I didn't know that uh, was a problem. Um, it's a knee injury, um, so we'll monitor that. Uh, Jamal Williams was limited in practice, but he's been like that for a couple weeks with a hip injury. He plays on Sunday, and um, that's it for injuries. Oh, Panay Sewell. Uh, the team is preparing to be without Panay Sewell this week, their uh, first-round offensive tackle pick. Uh, for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook is questionable, uh, labeled a game-time decision. So, again, you'll know 90 minutes before kickoff if he's inactive. If he is, get Alexander Madison into your lineup. Uh, if he's not, don't bother with Alexander Madison in a part-time role. Um, that's the only injury for the Vikings that I'm seeing. So, you got another Walker question, Mike. Does any Detroit wide receiver separate from the pack? And I don't know. Like, in the last two games, Khalif Raymond, 57 yards, uh Per game, Quintus Cephas, 46, and Amon Ross St. Brown, 36. But last week, uh, Quintus Cephas led the team in receiving yards, and Amon Ross St. Brown led the team in receptions, and Khalif Raymond had two touchdowns. So <laughs> it's like, what are we what are we chasing here with this? Um, I guess Khalif Raymond, uh, he leads the team in targets. Um, or leads the wide receivers in targets on the season, but it's only 22, but 16 of those are in the last two games. So maybe that's trending in the right direction. We'll see. But um, yeah, I don't know who it'll be. I assume somebody is cause it can't be the Hawkinson and the running back show all year long, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to matter was, I guess what it, my answer would be. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you have three wide receivers who are virtually the same, even as far as rankings go. Khalif Raymond, I believe, is like a wide receiver 48. Quintus Cephas is a wide receiver 50. And Amon Ra is, I think, a little bit lower or a lot lower. He's a wide receiver 75. But you could see the trajectory going up for Amon Ra. Uh, and I don't think he'll be a, a wide receiver 75. I think he will definitely close that gap as we move on. But none of these wide receivers are worth playing or owning at, at this time um, or rostering, no. whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where um, – yeah, who cares? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's here. It's a situation to monitor because bye weeks are starting next week. Like that's it, because you'll need a guy to start. You know, six and seven are rough weeks for buys, so maybe that's it. But yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not rushing out to get any of these players. Yeah, and they and they just, they, I, 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 the legitimacy of owning one of the or rostering one of these players is there and i can i but it's just they're so close and then they're so low on the totem pole we're not like talking about the distinctions differences between t higgins and jamar chase um those kind of players where they both have value and you both can you know start with with any of these three guys none of them are even if you even at bye weeks we don't know which one is going to do which because they're all going to be poor yeah, exactly. And um, so Jared Goff started off hot, uh, five touchdowns first two weeks. Last two weeks, uh, he's averaging 258 yards in one touchdown, um, and both those touchdowns came last week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, he could light him up or not, but I'm not starting him, uh, even streaming him anywhere till I see it again from him. So um, trying to think. So you're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting. Uh, Adam Thielen, you're starting mm. the yeah, that's actually where I kind of went. Uh, so Adam Thielen, um, uh, let's see, Adam Thielen or the lowest Bengals guy for you? That's a tough one. Uh, I think I think we'll go to go with Adam Thielen here. I think he'll get in the end zone. Um, I guess it's Detroit defense that's not yeah. very good, and then that will make the difference. But if Adam Thielen doesn't get in the end zone, then if Tyler Boyd's the the last guy, then I go Tyler Boyd. Just Adam Thielen is not doing anything with his carries there or with his uh, receptions. They're they're like four yards, and he's catching like four passes per game. It's just not good good stuff. Um, until unless he gets in the end zone, and then if he gets in the end zone, then then okay. But I'm looking at his numbers now. Um, against Arizona, six for 39 with a touchdown. Seattle, six for 50, and Cleveland, three for for 46. So um, without those touchdowns, then he's he's barely eclipsing double digit points um, in in week two and week three and he doesn't eclipse double digit points in week four so the last three weeks um he in just week three he had 11 points without that touchdown and then week then he had nine points and then seven points these are not that that's how much he's required to score a touchdown he is not going to get you double digit points without it yeah and we mentioned it on tuesday he's basically a tight end at this point 
four for 40 and he'll maybe score a touchdown. Like he's basically a good tight end at this point. That's how they yeah. use him. Yeah, exactly. Six for 50. Those are tight end owners. I mean, yeah. that's that's not even 10 yards a catch. That's just, I mean, he's, these are, like you mentioned, these are tight end numbers. I mean, uh, against Cleveland, he had three for 46. That's pretty good, but the three receptions aren't going to get you anywhere. Yeah, so uh, just keep that in mind. Um, if no Dalvin Cook, where does Alex, Alexander Madison slot in? Top 15 guy against this run defense, which is pretty bad. Oh, yeah, and then he on top of that, catching the ball and um, they the running backs definitely score uh, touchdowns when they get near. So yeah, I I'd full go um, Alex. I might even full go Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook's playing because it might be a timeshare. I just risk that it wouldn't. So I, yeah. I wouldn't do it, but I'd be tempted by it. Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right, and I'm gonna take Minnesota in this one. Yeah, Minnesota should win this. There's yeah, especially at home. They're seven and a half point favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So is Walker. Walker's also taking Minnesota. So let's move on to Denver and Pittsburgh. Denver three and one. Pittsburgh one and three. Thirty-nine and a half point over under, which is tied for the lowest oh, on the week. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh God. one point favorites in this one. One point home favorites. Um Teddy Bridgewater uh, is expected to clear the concussion protocol and play this week. That's as of this afternoon. Um, Alberto uh, injured his hamstring halfway through the week. Uh, so that's usually a sign that he's not going to play this week. Uh, Jerry Judy is uh, still out, but uh, expected to take the field when uh, at the low end of his injury timeline. So six weeks. So we're looking at week seven, week eight. And um, Melvin Gordon returned to practice from a leg injury for the Steelers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has a suddenly has a hip injury, which is really weird. I don't know if he got it falling down. You know, does he have metal alert or how does he? <laughs> uh, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster limited. With ribs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chase Claypool limited with the hamstring. Uh, Big Ben didn't practice on Wednesday. Should all play this week. Um, but I mean, does it matter? The Steelers are so bad. Uh, but Mike, you want to know if Deontay Johnson can have his third straight week of top 24 production. Yeah, he's, he's been, whenever he plays, he's, he's in the top, you know, top 24 at the very bottom. Uh, but that Denver defense is really good. Uh, they're, they're 16th. Um, well, I wouldn't say very good. They're medium the pack, middle of the pack, allowing 35.6 points uh, to wide receiver, to the wide receiver group. But with, as long as Ben Roethlisberger's there, I mean, I don't want to like hitch Deontay Johnson's whole career to Ben Roethlisberger, but it sure, sure appears that way. Um, it just feels getting, that way. <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, so Roethlisberger, you know, Dink, 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 dink to to Deontay Johnson, and with with all those dinks, you you get a dunk, and so I think he'll get a top twenty four production. Okay, sounds good. So um, I don't Cortland Sutton. I'm benching Cortland Sutton across the board this week after saying to start him across the board last week because. I mean, it is it's rough out here in these streets for Cortland Sutton. Uh, over the last two weeks, eight catches for 
84 yards. He's basically Adam Thielen, but without the touchdowns. Uh, he had a big game in week two, uh, but he didn't do it against the Jets and he didn't do it against Baltimore. I'm benching him for the time being. Uh, what do you think about Cortland Sutton? If you can yeah. bench him, are you moving away from him? Yeah, he's only he's only had uh, one good week uh, out of the whole entire thing. And he and Noah Fant tie for, for reception lead on the team. Um, Cortland Sutton has exactly one more target than Noah Fant. Uh, uh, he definitely dominates the yards, but Noah Fant has two more touchdowns than Cortland Sutton does. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where Cortland Sutton has been good for one game this year. And until I don't think you can drop him, not at least not yet. I still want to give him, you know, at least seven weeks, especially coming off of that injury. But um, yeah, I, I don't I can't trust him. I can't trust him at all. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling, too. So, um Let's see, uh, Denver, Juju or Cortland Sutton? Ugh. Oof. Uh, I, you know, I think I have to go Juju Smith-Schuster because I know I, I have more faith in him catching at least five passes and for, you know, 35 yards. Yeah, you have five for 35. That seems about right. Um, Chase Claypool, if he plays, or Cortland Sutton? Who? <laughs> you know, I might go Cortland in PPR leagues. Uh, Claypool and and uh, non PPR Claypool is just he just you know with Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw as far as he can nowadays it's Claypool really eliminates himself from that equation uh, and so Cortland Sutton should catch a couple more passes so I would go PPR Cortland and non PPR Claypool okay sounds good um, so. We're flexing both running backs for Denver, right? Javante and Melvin Gordon, they're both flex guys? I think so. Um, yeah. they, they're both doing about the same. They're both mm-hmm. doing well. Uh, so there's really no reason not to have both of them in, in either one a running back and one, one a flex option. I, I don't know who you would take over. Right now, I think Melvin Gordon, but it's really close. Melvin Gordon is an RB18 on the season. And Jamal Williams is RB20. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, um, I mean, a lot of people have both. I would say roll the dice. Oh, I said Jamal Williams, didn't I? I Yeah, I know know what you meant. I know you meant Javante Williams. Uh, Javante Williams is actually 34th. Um, So, you want Melvin Gordon. But they're both flex-worthy for sure. Um, so, okay. Sounds good. So I am taking, all right. So we're starting Najee, obviously. I'm trying to think of anybody else in this game. Starting Noah Fant. Don't start Pat Fryermuth. I'm taking Denver. Yeah, I'm taking Denver too. I think, uh, if with Teddy Bridgewater, definitely Denver and it looks like he's going to play. So I might lean Pittsburgh if Drew Locke was playing, but yeah, definitely, definitely uh, Teddy Bridgewater with um, Denver. And let's see, Walker is picking Pittsburgh to win this one. Wowza. I wonder if that's because uh, he thought Drew Locke was playing. Because initially I picked Pittsburgh as well. But um, with Drew Locke not playing, I picked uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, let's move on to the next game. This is going to be Miami at Tampa Bay. The Battle of Florida, I guess, is what yeah. you Um, This is a 
48 point over under Tampa Bay, 10 point favorite. So this is going to be a blowout, uh, according to the people in the desert. Uh, big reason for that. Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers has been ruled out. Not shocking because uh, punctured his lung, fractured some ribs. He's been out uh, for his second straight game after this one. Probably going to be out the next one, too, if we're being honest. Um, Giovanni Bernard questionable with a knee injury, which he heard at the end of the game uh, in week three. Uh, Devontae Parker for the Dolphins, questionable with the hamstring injury. Uh, Will Fuller went to IR with his hand injury. And um, on the defense, Byron Jones uh, out at practice this week, but returned on Thursday, so he should be playing. Um, weirdly enough, the, they traded Jakeem Grant as well, which seems weird given their depth chart. But, they hey, traded Jakeem Grant? Yeah, to so the Bears. Wow. Jakeem yeah. Grant is, does – I mean, he's not fantasy relevant, but does a lot for the, that Dolphins team returns and plays the slot well. And Okay, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they saw last week. I don't know who it was on the Colts, but Jakeem Grant got a care or got a like a dump off, and he, he threw Jakeem Grant like six yards backwards. Like he caught it in the backfield, and and one of the defensive linemen, um, like it wasn't. I I would know if it's Defoe because that's my boy. But he grabbed Jakeem Grant and just like threw him backwards. It was. I think it was Darius Leonard. It might have. Oh, okay. Wow. So a linebacker did it. That's even crazier. Because, yeah, Jakeem Grant's a little guy. He's 5'7", 170. So, um, you know, <laughs> it was just very funny. Just be like, no, <laughs> just throw it backwards. So, he um, he yeah, he's fun. a little guy. Um, so you wanted to know, uh, Mike, uh, will all three of the uh, Buccaneers wide receivers, A.B., Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, all finish inside the top 30 this week? Yeah, I think it's a great chance. I mean, the Dolphins are 13th against wide receivers, but uh, yeah, I think that's more due to the fact that they're uh, always behind and teams are begin to run, which very well could be Tampa Bay. I mean, I would love to see one of these running backs actually run the ball, but uh, I don't think that Bruce Arians cares all that much about score or or who, you know, who needs to get what or anything like that. He or your is, fantasy team. Yeah, exactly. He is full go um, all the time. And I think it, this is an excellent opportunity to get all three wide receivers in the top 30. Um, it will be very difficult to finish in the top 30 for all three. But just for funsies, I'm going to say absolutely. All three of these guys are going to finish in the top three. Yeah, top I mean, 30, I, I should say. I think we might have four guys finish in the top 30 in this game because Tampa Bay's pass defense is terrible. So Devontae Parker should have a big game. We might have five. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Waddle, Waddle, yeah. Waddle. Waddle, Waddle. Uh, question for you, Mike. I don't want to ask it, but I'm going to ask it. Miles Gaskin or Ronald Jones, baby? Oh, God, have we gone that that low where <laughs> we're comparing the Gaskin you to Jones start now? 15-team start five running backs. You got to decide. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I didn't, really didn't think this would be all that, that, that difficult. I, I don't know what happened to Gaskin so far this year. Um, I can but, tell you what happened to Gaskin. I can tell you exactly what happened to Gaskin. What's that? Jacoby Brissett doesn't look for him. 
He definitely doesn't look for him. Jacoby yeah. Brissett is not someone who's going to be throwing to the running backs. He never has. He's always been a tight end guy. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, definitely two two weeks for sure. Uh, Miles Gaskin is become invisible just because Gaskin, I mean, Brissett doesn't dump the ball to running backs. Um, yeah, and just, just to that point, Five targets in each of the first two games, and then six targets combined over the last two. Wow. So that tells you right there what you need to know um, about what's going on. Sorry if I seem distracted. My dog, so the Xbox One, you know how it has, it just has a pressure thing. It doesn't have an actual button. My dog sniffed my button, and now my Xbox won't turn off. So I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's put it on permanently. She does that sometimes, and then the Xbox does not want to cooperate. So, okay, there we go. I think I got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she does that from time to time. She'll come up, she'll sniff it, and then it'll turn on. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think I got it, though. Oh, I think I turned it back on. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, I really want you to play it. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's turning on. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Leonard Fournette's an okay start. I think that's it in this one. Gaskin over Rojo. Yeah, neither one's getting touches, but Gaskin is getting snaps. So uh, we'll go with that. Uh, she's going to bark. Okay, she didn't bark. Okay. I heard the growl. Yeah, the dog really wants to be a part of this podcast. So let's go ahead. Let's. Uh, oh, I am taking Tampa Bay in an absolute laugher. Yes. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, this is going to be a complete blowout. This is, this is going to be the game that I fall asleep in the third quarter while watching on Game Pass. Um, because there seems to be one game every week where I just fall asleep. So my uh, Walker also goes Tampa Bay. All right. Uh, next one up, a New Orleans and Washington football team, 44.5 point over-under. Saints actually 1.5 point favorites on the road, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, injuries in this one are, uh, we'll start on the Saints side, because I think this injury that popped up today for Washington is more, Important to talk about. Uh, so Tony Jones sidelined three to four weeks. I don't care who the second running back is there. Um, I don't care. They're working out Lamar Miller, Duke Johnson, Brian Hill, Edo Smith, and Ryquell Armstead. How washed is freaking Todd Gurley? He can't even get a look. Can't even get a look. He's done. He's. Yeah. He's I don't even know if, if if it was just passed along that he failed. Uh, you know his knee. Um, or what? Or even maybe he's just like. I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it this year. Um, who knows? But yeah, you're right. It, Todd Gurley has not gotten anything. There's there's nothing popping up. Every time a team's looking for a running back, it's not Todd Gurley. Yeah, Duke Johnson is getting calls before Todd Gurley. Ryquel yeah. Armstead is getting calls before Todd Gurley. It's Edo Smith. It, Edo Smith. Um, so on the Washington side, uh, Logan Thomas got put on IR with his hamstring injury. Uh, Curtis Samuel sidelined with his groin injury at practice. I mean... This might be it for Curtis Samuel for the year. This might be the beginning of the he's going to miss a couple of weeks and they put him on season ending IR because this is an aggravation of his injury that cost him the first three weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Antonio Gibson limited this week with a shin injury. Uh, Diami Brown out for week five. But let's go back with this shin injury. It's a um, stress fracture on his shin which he's been playing through. So I, is it time to lower our expectations for Antonio Gibson for the year? Cause he's not going to get any better playing on it. 
I definitely think there's limitations to Antonio Gibson this year. Uh, but depending on, I don't think you give up on him because I think he still has values on RB2, but, or even a flex at the very least. Outside of that, he's not going to finish in the top 12 this year at all. Yeah, so it's it's rough rough out there on the streets for Antonio Gibson fans, um, especially with DeAndre Swift doing better. But um, Walker's question was about Antonio Gibson. He asked if he was going to finish in the top 12. I think with the stress fracture, we can guess not. Uh, he's finished inside the top 12 once uh, this this year. He's just not getting the touches. Over the last three games, he's gotten... 15, 14, and 16 touches, so averaging 15 touches per game with J.D. McKissick getting a bigger role. Um, the Saints are one of the best run or defenses against running backs. They're averaging uh, the 20th highest, so the they're bad. <laughs> and fantasy points per touch, 0.73 fantasy points per touch, and they're allowing the lowest yards per carry to running backs this year at 2.86 yards per carry. So I just don't know. Uh, what we can what we can do with uh, with Antonio Gibson. We can't bench him, but I don't think he's fewer, finishing top 12 this week. But, Mike, he has fewer receiving yards than Derrick Henry. Let me just repeat that for emphasis. He has fewer receiving yards than Derrick Henry. So, yikes. So, a former wide receiver has less... Um, Less yards than a running back that can't catch the ball. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That That's nuts. It's insane to think about, but it's true. So, um, you know. That, that's one of those WTF facts kind of thing. Yeah. That's uh, well, what it is, is J.D. McKissick is their two-minute warning and their passing downs back. So there's just nothing left for uh, Antonio Gibson to really ball out. So, if you have Antonio Gibson on your roster, like even with this injury, he's been a must start, uh, you know, top 24 running back three weeks. But I think I think all we can do with this is just lower our expectations. Like that's yeah. all we can. Yeah, that's it. I think anywhere between RB 20 to 24, um, maybe at the very least RB 30. But yeah, yeah, he's he's in that that RB 20 to 30 range. So He's still playable. He's just not going to be what we saw as him last year and definitely not what we projected him to be based off of what we saw last year. Gotcha. Um, So uh, Terry McLaurin, he's been a beast this year. Uh, Is he a must start for you in this game, despite the difficult matchup against the Saints? Yeah, he's he's again. He's another one of those that um, where you drafted him as your either your primary receiver or your wide receiver too. Yeah. And the Saints are, are a difficult team to pass against. So, uh, yeah, I think you still have to roll them out there for now. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those matchups that you don't like to see, but you know how good Terry McLaurin is. And then Taylor Heineke, he's not going to get the ball down um, downfield for Terry McLaurin, so that's going to restrict him a little bit. But, Overall, he's he, I don't see him finishing outside of a flex range. Yeah, I mean, no Diami Brown. It means to me that um, they're going to have no choice where if they're going to have to air it out, they're going to have to go to Terry McLaurin. And, I, and um, you know, they may not want to. It might not be the best, 
you know, the best looking set of plays, but I think the volume alone with no Diami Brown, possibly no Curtis Samuel, um, no Logan Thomas, um, a banged up Antonio Gibson. It's like everything's setting up for him to beat the bad matchup somehow. So um, I'm, I'm feeling all right for Terry McLaurin if you have him on your roster. So um, here's the thing, just based on what we've seen this year, uh, he's had two blow up games. Um, in week two, he had 28 points against mm-hmm. the Giants. Uh, and then last week against the Falcons, he had 30 points. So those are two. I don't know exactly where the Giants are as far as wide receivers go. Um, I would imagine that they're at least middle of the pack. Um, yeah, they're 15th. So, so neutral. Uh, neutral. Um, yeah. But against really good against the Chargers, only 10, and against Buffalo, only 10. So I think it's definitely matchup dependent. I could see him finish anywhere between 10 and 20 points, which would give him, um, you know, um, let's see, week four. Let's just look at week four. 10 to 20 points would put him in the top 12. Okay. Okay, yeah. So um, just thinking about the Chargers and the 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 bills those are two teams that this year have good defensive lines good pass rush so it could be a situation where that's the recipe for styming uh terry mclaurin is not the cornerbacks as much as it is the guys rushing the quarterback so that's just something to think about um going forward for uh for folks who want to uh, get Terry McLaurin. And I think that'll be the test for this one is uh, the Terry McLaurin matchup. So you're starting Terry McLaurin. You're starting Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick or Samaj P. Ryan. I'm just going to keep going back to that. Well, <laughs> um, I got to go. Yeah. yeah see? I, I, I don't think P. Ryan's going to score a touchdown. So I'm going to go JD McKissick. Okay. Um, Trying to think. I hope I said uh, that earlier in the show that I didn't think Sam J was going to score a touchdown because if I did, then everything is all screwed up now. Then, it, then you're lying. Mike's a liar, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, JD McKissick or uh, the Broncos guys. I kept wanting to say Bengals, but my brain wouldn't let me go to Broncos. Yeah, uh, JD McKissick or the Broncos guys. I put him over uh, Javante, but I put him under Melvin. Ooh, so somebody found a, a way to split them up, and it's uh, J.D. McKissick. So, um, so okay, I, I think this one's gonna be a slugfest. I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure I want to start anybody except for Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, if you're in a, if you're in a pinch, you should start J.D. McKissick because he should get you some points. Um, J.D. McKissick or uh, Brandon Bolden, who you mentioned earlier, in a PPR league? Yeah, I think that's going to be a very close matchup. Yeah. But Brandon, J- uh, J.D. McKissick carries the ball more than I think. It's not even going to be like a lot, but like two two or three more times than Brandon. Brandon Bolden is purely someone that's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, so with that said, I think I'll go with McKissick. Yeah, and and Brandon Bolden being listed as a running back is generous because he is 95% of the time just a special teams guy. He's a very good special teams guy, but he's not a guy that, you know, if uh, Bill Belichick had his druthers, um, he would be playing in the backfield. He's a definite desperation guy. So, 
Okay, I am going to take New Orleans in this one. Mike, what do you think? Well, this is a tough one. Um, well, Washington's kind of banged up. I'll, I'll go New Orleans. All right, so that's three for New Orleans across the board. Walker also chose New Orleans. Um, so let's go to Philly and Carolina, uh, 45-point over-under. Uh, Philly is one and three. Carolina is three and one. Carolina are three-and-a-half-point favorites um in this one i think the big story is if um christian mccaffrey uh is going to play and he is listed as doubtful as of today um for a hamstring injury so the rule of thumb for doubtful is 75 percent against give or take like odds are he's not going to play so you can count on having him out for this one um the other big injury in this one is the panthers trading for stefan gilmore for a 2023 sixth round pick. Uh, he's not going to play this week. He's not eligible to play yet because uh, he's on the pup. Um, so just keep that in mind going forward. Carolina is going to be a very difficult defense to uh, go up against. Uh, for the Eagles, Lane Johnson is going to miss week five with a personal matter. Um, so that's no good. And um, that's it. Unless you count uh, Miles Sanders getting a bruised butt for splitting time with uh Miles Gaskin, because he has not been good this year. And ESPN's Tim McManus says the Eagles backfield is creeping closer to a timeshare and will stay that way unless and until Miles Sanders starts busting loose. So big yikes there. So um, on this one, Mike, you want to know about Miles Sanders, the guy who's splitting time with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Does he continue to outscore Miles Sanders? Yeah. So the first three weeks, basically, Miles Sanders outscored Kenny Gainwell. But it hasn't been by that much. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you're looking at, at it as a fantasy point-wise, this thing's been split since almost week one, where uh, Sanders had just three more points, uh, fantasy points, than Kenny Gainwell did. Um, and that's the biggest margin it's gotten. Um, he hasn't scored, outscored him by more than three points since week one. And then last week, uh, Kenny Gainwell had 20 points, and Miles Sanders had seven so good uh, lord yeah uh i i'm we're week five i'm saying by week seven kenny gainwell this becomes kenny gainwell's backfield and uh it's yeah kenny gainwell will continue to outscore miles sanders uh, I don't know if it'll be a big a split as 20 to 7 but it it will be uh kenny gainwell's um winning um this this week against carolina yeah and kenny gainwell rostered in 41 percent of leagues right now i wrote a look ahead at running back column this week instead of a sleeper and uh, kenny gainwell was one of the guys i said that you should look ahead and get because yeah uh miles sanders has been very bad with the football um call him slime sanders right now on fantasy twitter uh he's you know last two games uh, nine carries for 40 yards, and that's it on the ground, which is fine across one game, but across two games, it's not what you're looking for. Um, so, Kenny, Kenny Gainwell, let's see if people get spicy. Kenny Gainwell or Chuba Hubbard? Oh, Gainwell. Gainwell, wow, okay. Uh, Philly, one of the worst run defenses in the league, so still going to go Gainwell? Um. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. That, like only certified scrub Elijah Mitchell played poorly against them. 
I think I, I think I was a little still hyped on Gainwell. I'm going to go Hubbard <laughs> just because Hubbard is not only, as you mentioned, the Eagles defense, but Hubbard should have a lot more of, of the volume than Gainwell does this week. So, yeah, I think I think I was just too excited on Gainwell. <laughs> you got. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll happen sometimes. It's funny. We like gas a guy up and then we're like. Kenny Gainwell or Alvin Kamara, and you're like Kenny Gainwell. It's like wait yeah, a second. he becomes no, Superman. On. You know, yeah. nothing can nothing can defeat him. Yeah, I got I got two gassed up there. Hold on, not not that. Um, okay. so trying to think. Um, DJ Moore is a must start. Yes. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a lot of targets last week. Um, I did a research thing. That's pretty much CMC dependent. Uh, when he gets targets, so. Um, just something to keep in mind. Uh, if you're worried about him this week, if you're desperate, you could start him. Uh, Terrace Marshall has been a no-go. Uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, how do you feel about Devonta Smith this week, Mike? Oh, what is that? That Panthers uh, defense is probably pretty good, too, huh? Uh, yeah. Panthers are against the wide receiver. I'm definitely not stalling because I'm uh, look, I'm trying to get over to that screen. Uh, against wide receiver Number in five. Ooh, so fifth best. They are the fifth best against wide receivers at allowing just 29 and a half points per game. Uh, so that does not spill well for the rookie Devonte Smith. Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go. What was the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, Devonta Smith or. I don't. I was just asking about Devonta Smith if we're starting. Oh, okay. Just asking Devonta Smith. Uh, yeah, I probably he he's not he's not much um as far as what you're gonna start anyways. He's had two good weeks where he had 19 points, and then two bad weeks where he only had three and five. So I could see it more of a seven point week this week against the Panthers, seven or eight points. That's not double digits. So. I wouldn't even consider flexing them. All right. Sounds good to me. So um, I am taking Carolina in this one. I'm feeling really good. Oh, forgot to ask. I forgot to mention the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has moved into must-start territory, I think. Um, He's not a good quarterback by any means, but he is good for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, definitely is up there in the top five, I think. Right? Yeah, he is top five. Quarterback on the year, Jalen Hurts, uh, right, right below Tom Brady mm-hmm. at 115 points. Uh, so, yeah, and then right below him is Sam Darnold. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about Sam Darnold. Um, how much can we trust this? I think the answer is not a lot, but I want to hear what you think about it. Oh, I absolutely do think that yeah, you can trust this. Oh, you do think you we can trust it. All right, oh, let's, yeah, hear, let's sure. hear about how much Mike loves Sam Darnold. I, I love Sam Darnold. I, I thought that he was a very good quarterback, uh, just limited because of Adam Gates. Uh, yeah. Watching film and watching what he could do on the film when he was not limited showed me he was a, it was a very good, solid quarterback. A lot better than what, what he was in, you know, the, the statistical information that we were given. Uh, it just happened to be, could he, could he transfer those, those talents and those consistencies to the field? And I think the RPO system that Carolina runs allows him to do much more creativity than the jet system allowed him to do. So that's why we're seeing him run with the ball more. 
um, hitting hitting his targets and doing those things because he's allowed to read the defense and then make a decision on whether he should take off with the ball, hand the ball off, or or pass. And because of that, he is I, – I mean, to say he top six, I would never – I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I definitely thought he could be in the top 15 of quarterbacks. And so – it's it's one of those things where he has shown consistency with the system, has very good weapons around him. Um, I, I, obviously, not having Christian McCaffrey is going to hurt, but we've seen that it hasn't slowed him down, you know, that much either. Uh, and his interception to passing ratio needs to needs to improve. He has five touchdowns to three interceptions. That's not good, but. I think that will slowly decrease as he's getting more and more familiar with the offensive system. And yeah, I like him um, top 12 every week. Yeah. It really feels like Sam Darnold in New York was basically told he could not make mistakes and then given no further guidance from his coach because he played very close to the vest, I would say. And like this, like a very, unsure of himself style and now he's got he's got a bit of swagger to his game now you know those rushing touchdowns uh i believe walker called him uh cam arnold um i like that. this week because <laughs> he's got he leads the league in rushing touchdowns mike yeah he does i mean That's he has a, more touchdowns than running backs do uh, yeah he leads every single player in the nfl think of a think of your favorite running back because sam darnold has more rushing touchdowns than they do yep so, he has more than um, Derrick Henry, um, more than any of them. And it's like, say what? Yeah. Hey, Cam, Cam Arnold, baby. So uh, I picked him up in my home league. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Because uh, if Ryan Tannehill falls on his face against the Jags this week, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was big on Ryan Tannehill, too. I got him as my QB2 behind Tyler Murray in my home league. And now I'm sort of thinking that uh, – Trey Lance might move above. Yeah, um, Trey Lance, baby. We'll no. get to that game. Um, who's winning this one, Carolina or Philly? Oh, Carolina. This would be yeah. a blowout. All right. So speaking of uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, uh, that's our next game up. So uh, Ryan Tannehill takes on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a 48.5 point over under Tennessee 4 Point favorites in this one. Injuries in this one are to Urban Meyer's ego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Roto World's going in on Urban Meyer. I don't know if you saw it this week. Like they said, Jacksonville's so-called coach Urban Meyer said the ownership of this team is with the players. I mean, this man is just falling apart in front of our eyes. Like he might not make it through his first year. He might not make it till their bye week. He's not a good person anyways. Um, no. He, you know, he hires racists. He hires um, people and covers up domestic violence incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just, he's just not, he's all about that college coach mindset where it doesn't matter what your players are doing or your coaching staff are doing. Uh, pers- you know, morals don't belong in college football. All, all that belongs in college football is winning. Um, yeah, just, and, just win. That's all that and, matters. So he has that mindset where he can do whatever he wants um, mm-hmm. and, and cover up and beast and because it's winning and winning means I get more money. And if I get more money, then, you know, I'm better than everybody else. More money equals better than that's a, that's an old uh, meme 
before they were called memes. More money equals better than. And uh, he's. I think the Jags are going to be, you know, they have to take a look in the mirror and see if they want Trevor Lawrence leading or led by Urban Meyer. And I right, don't think they're exactly. going to want that. Yeah. Well, why do you want? Yeah. And that's that's a very good, very good question. Um, introspectively, uh, things change when you're not in that college system anymore. And do you want your franchise quarterback who should be there, you know, for a very long time, unless he's Andrew Luck and decides to retire? Um, not that it's not bad at all. Um, <laughs> not <the computer> <laughs> um, and, and do you want him in, influenced by someone like Urban yeah. Meyer? Because you can definitely, I mean, the head coach can kind of, they shape the culture. You know, people talk about players and stuff, but if the head coach lets you get away with stuff and if the head coach makes a bad example, I mean, you're going to, I mean, Trevor, you you don't want Trevor Lawrence to be broken mentally or physically and having Urban Meyer as head coach is a a recipe for him to be broken mentally. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't think it's going to end well. Uh, But as for the game, um, DJ Chark has been placed on IR with his ankle injury from last week. Not surprising. He broke his, you know, he, I believe he broke his legs or his leg, just one. Um, they did not make a mention of how long he's going to be out, uh, but it looked pretty gnarly. He got just absolutely smashed up under a pile for the Titans. It's a good news, bad news situation. Good news. AJ Brown is going to be back. Bad news. Julio Jones will not. Also bad news, Nick Westbrook-Akine was upgraded to limited at practice. And hold on, I just got a notification. Oh, come on. More bad news. Uh, it's going to be easy to bench Cortland Sutton this week. He got added to the injury report with an ankle injury. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's actually making it easy to bench Cortland Sutton this week. Not not related to this game, but I just got it from Sleeper. Um that's it for injuries on the Titan side. So the question for this one is, um, Mike, wants, Mike, you want to know if James Robinson has a third straight week of top 12 performances? Yeah, he's he's in the last two weeks, he's had uh, two two weeks in a row where he's reached the top 12. Dude is just good. Um, I don't know what what uh, Urban Meyer was thinking when he drafted uh, um, Travis Etienne. I mean, it's not, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to bash Travis Etienne because we don't know how good he could be. I mean, he could be a Hall of Famer for all we know, yeah. but it didn't make any sense, to be honest with you, when you have someone like James Robinson um, on your team. And uh, we'll see what happens next year or whatever, but the dude is just awesome. Um, he just puts up numbers. I mean, he very quietly puts up numbers every single week, top of the heap. He, he and Alvin Kamara last year, um, ran the longest gamut as far as consi- uh, consistency uh, in the top 24 um, mm-hmm. until James Robinson got hurt at the end of the year. Uh, and so it, he, he ran competition with Alvin Kamara. Um, and I, I don't see why not against this Tennessee defense. I don't see why he won't continue to be as dominant as he's been since he's entered the league as an undrafted free agent uh, and, Jacksonville looked at Leonard Fournette. We're like, well, we don't need you, dude. We got James Robinson. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the streak continues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's no like it's no disrespect to Travis Etienne to say that drafting him with a first round pick made no sense because it doesn't have anything to do with Travis Etienne. It has everything to do with James Robinson. Like you have an undrafted free agent making league minimum 
at the the most fungible position in the NFL. And you're going to go ahead and be like, all right, we're going to take this free square and we're going to use a first round pick to try to replace this free square. It just doesn't make any sense from a team building perspective. You know, it's just like, what? Like it's, I, I love Travis Etienne. He was my favorite running back this year. I liked him. Um, I liked him more than Najee coming out, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense what they did. It, it's, it's stupid. And I think it's in, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's a problem not only of Urban Meyer, but of Trent Baalke. He's not a smart GM. He's not, his problem is like player valuation and, and fits. Like I'll never, I'll literally never forgive him for drafting AJ Jenkins, a speed guy on a ground and pound, you know, defense team. Like what, what, what was he thinking with that? And that, that's what Travis Etienne reminded me of was like, what's your thought process here? Like, mm-hmm. What what's your plan with this? And, and you're absolutely right. And then also, it's not fair to Travis Etienne either. Um, yeah. You know, if you have James Robinson and then you have Travis Etienne and you're like, OK, yeah, we're, we're glad we have you on your team. Now you're going to go play wide receiver. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like, OK, um, you know, I, you don't want me to showcase my skills. You don't want me to showcase. No, no, we have James Robinson. We, we want you in the slot. Go go for it. Go be good. Um, so, yeah, it, it, none of it is it, very complicated. It's not fair to James Robinson or Travis Etienne. Yeah. So very stupid uh, decision making there. Um, Mike and I are clearly not fans of the way Jacksonville. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this game a little bit. So A.J. Brown's a must start. Um, is Ryan Tannehill a must start in this matchup? You would think so against the Jaguars, but I think I think as long as is Derrick Henry is just running havoc over all these teams, it's going to be really difficult for Ryan Tannehill to score more than like one touchdown. And I can see where this this game, even though it's only forty eight point five percent point spread um, total points, it's. Mm-hmm which is kind of low, but maybe it's due to the fact that they're thinking Tennessee is going to get a big lead and then just sort of, you know, run the ball, uh, which I see happening. And so to answer your question, until bye weeks, I I don't see Ryan Tannehill being a starter unless you're streaming quarterbacks. Then you can make a decision on whether you want Taylor Heineke or Ryan Tannehill or one of those, you know, kind of players where it's in a streaming situation. Yeah, that's a fall from grace for Ryan Tannehill. I'm starting him this week, Mike, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're bad. And so I'm hoping that uh, A.J. Brown's return will help him out a lot. Um, Who are you starting him over? Darnold. Really? That's right. Okay. (laughs) I didn't say it was smart. I just said it's (laughs) what I was doing. (laughs) I never, Mike. I never claim to be smart about this. I, I claim to be doing a thing, and um, I don't know how intelligent it is. It, it it doesn't sound like you think it's very intelligent, but that's fine. Um, no, I mean, you never know. I mean, you could be the smartest. I mean, that's the thing with fantasy. Unless you have a, an almanac with you, we all either look very, very intelligent or we look very, very stupid. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a lot of the stuff where, um, you know, you have these outcomes where you're like, damn. I really should have seen that coming. And I just sort of skipped past that inevitability and just, just 
decided it wasn't going to happen. Anyways, um, is anybody other than James Robinson a must-start on Jacksonville? Uh, Marvin Jones without DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, who got a lot of pub last week, or either of those yeah, guys? Yeah, I, I do. I like LaVisca. I think LaVisca should should perform uh, very well uh, against his Tennessee defense, especially without Chark. I think mm-hmm. it's on him now. Um, if he if he can't if he can't perform uh, without DJ Chark, uh, you know, lining up across from him, then they LaVisca has a lot more problems than we might original think. This should be the door opening very wide for Chenault to, to become a lot of what a lot of people thought was a top, you know, 40 wide receiver, if not a top 30 wide receiver. So uh, I do like Chenault. I think he, he should um, do well against the Titans. And then I like Marvin Jones as well. So James Robinson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, I believe are all starters. Okay. Sounds good. So um, I'm trying to think here. I think that covers this one. Um, who are you taking, Tennessee or Jacksonville? You know, I want to take Jacksonville in, a, in an upset here. I do. They're own four. Tennessee hasn't really looked very good. I mean, they beat the Colts, but the Colts didn't do very good, uh, didn't play very well in that game. They should have won another one of those victories that they let go. Uh, I can't believe how bad Tennessee's looked this year. Uh, why not? I'm going to go Jacksonville and upset here. Woo! Why not? Roll the dice. Mike's going spicy. I f- All right. So Walker's going Tennessee. All right, let's buzz through this game because I don't think there's a lot to talk about. New England and Houston, they're both one and three. Uh, 39 and a half point over under um, Tennessee – or sorry, New England, nine-point favorites in this one. Um, injuries, uh, let's see. For New England, nothing. Uh, Shaq Mason isn't playing the right guard. We already talked about they traded uh, Stefan Gilmore. Um, they placed Isaiah Wynn on the COVID list. That's it. For the Texans, they released Anthony Miller, which, yeesh. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm like, how bad do you have to be uh, to be a wide receiver on the Texans of all teams? I mean, a team that's injured at the wide receiver position, Nick, Nico Collins is injured, and you you get cut, and you scored a touchdown. And uh, they traded a fifth and the seventh for him. Exactly. So, I, you know, there might be something more to this story that we don't know. But, uh, yeah, to me, if, if Anthony Miller is getting cut from the Houston from Houston, I don't I mean, he'll end up somewhere just because he's young. But uh, he's he's bad. He's really bad. Yeah, it might be the end of the line for him um, for our, in terms of a name that we care about. Um, speaking of which, just off the top of my head, do you know where Kiki QT ended up? <laughs> I know he went to Colts. He was on the practice squad f- with the Colts, but I don't know if the Colts released him or some team snagged him off of their practice squad. Huh. Interesting. And I can't. Oh, uh, player search. There we go. Let's see. Because that's another guy that the Texans let go and just he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, he's still on the Colts practice squad. OK. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Let's make this easy. Who are we starting in this game? That's a tough one. Um, I, As I was saying on Tuesday, I think Brandon Cooks, this is when you sell Brandon Cooks because 
I think this team is going to start to decline um, overall, and that affects everybody. Uh, Jacoby Myers isn't going to score a touchdown maybe ever. I, you know, he has like over 100 receptions or something. He still hasn't scored a touchdown, so he may never score a touchdown. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Jacoby Myers just be. No, I'm going to go Brandon Coates just just because I think New England is going to be up in this game. Yeah, as I see it right now, they're favored by almost 10 points. Mm-hmm. So that means that Houston is going to have to throw the ball more, which should favor Brandon Cooks. So, yeah, this is Walker's question. Brandon Cooks or Jacoby Myers? I'm going Jacoby Myers in this one because of uh, what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. Uh, so I looked back since 2000. Um, the average quarterback to throw at least 20 times in a game against Bill Belichick his rookie year, 207 passing yards, one and a half picks and 0.8 touchdowns per game. So almost twice Woo-hoo! as many. Yeah, almost twice as many interceptions as touchdowns against Bill Belichick. So because of that, I'm going to go Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers has 26 targets in the last two games um, for 17 receptions and 164 yards. Um, Brandon Cooks has been on fire this season, but I think that that goes that takes a break this week and I'm the world's biggest Brandon cooks fan. So I don't see a reason to start Brandon cooks this week. Um, are we starting Damian Harris? You said new England might be up. That might be new uh, Damian Harris time. Yeah. I, I, I like Damian Harris this week. I think he, if you have a flex spot open, Damian Harris should slide right in there. I, I could see a touchdown out of him. Okay. 80, 85 yards. All right. Uh, let's, I don't want to start anybody else in this game. Uh, so let's uh, let's decide. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. The tight ends. Uh, Houston is second in the league in fantasy points allowed to tight ends, and they have played mostly bad ones. I'm talking Chris Manhurts. I'm talking James O'Shaughnessy. I'm talking Tommy Tremble. I'm talking Dawson Knox scored two touchdowns last week. So uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are in play. Um, whoever you liked before the season, go with that guy. Cause there's nothing differentiating them right now. Uh, but those, those guys are in play, um, for me at least. Uh, so, um, yeah, new England or Houston, Mike. Yeah. New England. Okay. So new England in this one, it's a clean sweep. Walker's also taking new England. So let's go ahead and move on to the afternoon games. So we start off with Cleveland and the Chargers. And this is a uh, first afternoon game, like I said, 47 point over under. Chargers one and a half point favorites. And uh, I accidentally closed my injury document. Oh, no. So give me one sec here. All right. The Chargers, uh, Justin Jackson is doubtful with a groin injury after being downgraded midweek in practice. It seems to be the only injury after Monday Night Football. Uh, For the Browns, David Njoku is questionable. Uh, Left tackle Jedrick Wills uh, is also questionable. Um, And Chris Hubbard has already been ruled out. So that could be really, really bad for the Chargers if uh, Jedrick Wills can't go because then it's third stringers uh, going up against Joey Bosa, um, which won't (laughs) work out very well. Um, Baker Mayfield has a partially torn labrum in his left shoulder. Um, That's, so that's that's not great. Um, it's his non-throwing shoulder, but um, it might explain why he's been so bad or um, him just not being as good as we thought he might be might explain why he's uh, been so bad. So um, 
All right, I just got an injury update that we'll get into in an upcoming game. Uh, let's just say it continues a trend of Jeff getting certain types of news on the on the podcast. Um, Mike Williams, is it, is it time for a bounce back game? That's what Walker wants to know. So Mike Williams has been crushing it this year. Um, he had four targets last week after getting 12, 10, and 9 in the first three games and averaging seven catches for 98 yards. Um I think he does bounce back because he got Casey Hayward last week, um, who on 157 routes defended has allowed five receptions for 17 yards on 13 targets. So that's 1.3 yards per target. This week, he's supposed to get Denzel Ward, who is not really a slouch, but he's just okay. Um, this year, he's allowing 5.6 yards per target. Uh, I can't get into his individual games because there's an error. They said that uh, Brandon Cooks went negative uh, six yards against him in, in that game. But Brandon Cooks only had one negative pass for, and it was for negative three yards. So um, not quite sure what the error is there, but because of a better cornerback matchup, I think this is a Mike Williams bounce back game uh, in what should be a pretty decent game for the chargers. Um, so Mike, what do you think about that with a Mike, a Mike Williams bounce back? Mike Williams is the type of player that, I don't know how much it matters the defensive back on you. Um, obviously, he was shut down last week, but that could have to do with the fact of you know where Justin Herbert was going with the ball, the game script. Were they running when he was open? You know, um, they're running the ball and he was downfield wide wide open. You know, so it's it's all these different factors go into a single play and. Just because Mike Williams didn't perform on the stat sheet, it doesn't mean that he was shut down by the defensive back. Um, he's tall. He's fast. He, you know, he can leap over anybody. He's great. One of the best I've seen um, in, you know, in, in as far as 50-50 balls go, uh, of active players. I, I like him, but the Browns defense is very difficult to to maneuver. Um it depends on what Walker means by a bounce back. Is that a wide receiver one? Is that a wide receiver two? Um, I could see him in the top 24 by the end of the week, but I don't see him as a wide receiver 12. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I'm looking in this one. Are we starting Odell Beckham or Mike Williams? Oh, Mike Williams. I, I Odell Beckham, unless he goes to another team, I, I ignore him completely. I, I have no faith in him. Okay. And the, anymore. Yeah. Ackler, Chubb, Hunt, all three must starts. Oh yeah, for sure. Um Jared Cook seems to have worked his way into being a blob tight end. So if you don't have a better option, go with Jared Cook. See if he's available in your league. He is rostered in about half of leagues, I believe. Uh decent uh pivot for TJ Hawkinson managers. Yeah, he's rostered in fifty five percent of leagues. So Decent pivot for TJ Hawkinson managers, uh, Jared Cook. Um, they're, they're another team that likes to use a lot of tight ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Donald Parham gets involved. Uh, I can't remember who 82 is, um, but he, they like to use him in high formation. Uh, sometimes they'll put him in line, but they rotate three tight ends quite a bit. Um, so that, that might be why Jared Cook is in, but Jared Cook also lines up in the slot quite a bit too. So, uh, he's not much of an inline tight end kind of guy. I don't, when I was charting the game, I don't remember putting him in as an inline tight end at all. So, oh really? 
yeah. So he's he's a weapon out there. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know that. Yeah, they're not using him like a tight end. They're using him like everybody told us they were going to use Kyle Pitts over there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So okay. Um. I am taking the Chargers in this one. Uh, there's not much to talk about in this game. There's, you know, start the guys you're going to start, start them. The guys you weren't planning on starting or you have questions on, don't start them. Like it's it's fairly straightforward. I'm going with the Browns in this okay. game. I think I think their defense has been rectified. They're they're they definitely fix whatever was broken in the first couple of games. So I'm going Browns. All right, Mike's going Cleveland. Walker is also going the Chargers. Um, next game up, Chicago and Vegas. Chicago two and two. Vegas three and one. Uh, this is a 44 and a half point over under um, with Vegas as five and a half point favorites. And the biggest news for this week isn't really the injuries, which I'll run down. But then we got to talk about this Justin Fields situation. So first, uh, Josh Jacobs seems to be completely over the ankle injury or at least enough to practice in full this week. Uh, Peyton Barber has turf toe. Um, so he's set to miss multiple weeks. The most painful injury that sounds the silliest, I think, is turf toe. Because <laughs> yes. it sounds silly, but it's really bad. Um, Andy Dalton is, is actually not injured, but he, uh, he's now the backup in Chicago. Darnell Mooney has a groin injury and was limited in practice. Uh, but he's been like that for three weeks now and has been playing. He had a good game last week. Um, like we mentioned, Jakeem Grant is now a bear. Uh David Montgomery, who injured his knee last week, he's going to be out about a month, four to five weeks. Luckily, it's not the whole season. So if you have David Montgomery, thank your lucky stars. It's not the whole season. Um, So in this one, the question, Mike, you want to know, is Justin Fields good? And I I watched that game last week closely. I'm still not sure. Yeah, and that that tells me a lot, too, because Justin Fields is good when he has time in the pocket to – dissect the defense and make adequate adjustments. He's not so good as we saw two weeks ago when he's under pressure. Uh, and it all depends on how much pressure Chicago can, can give him. And he has a long way to go. Justin Fields does uh, in this. And I don't know if this was an ownership decision where they're like, you know what, uh, come down with the hammer and you're starting Justin Fields or we'll just fire, you know, we'll find a coach. That will. We'll find someone who will, yeah. Yeah, and so the coach is like, well, I need a job, and well, okay, you know, you're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll go Justin Fields here. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, Justin Fields is going to be adequate as long as there's time for him to make the decisions and process and look off receivers and do everything that quarterbacks should do, but he is just slow. He is very slow, and that's when pressure comes in, and mm-hmm. he's forced to do something. Um, we'll see. We'll see how much pressure Chicago can, can or the Raiders can bring on Justin Fields. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, sorry, I, I I was distracted. I heard your kitty meowing in the background there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> is that Peyton or Andrew? That's actually Gracie. Oh, Gracie. Okay. Um, got distracted there um yeah justin fields uh i'm interested to see what he does uh this week would you start justin fields or Derek carr in this game oh Derek carr for sure Derek carr you're, you're top, top 12 boy yeah he's top 12 for sure he, this week he should be in the top 12 once again okay um 
Oh my God. Um, sorry. I just, uh, I just read something about the Raiders. We'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> it's not relevant to fantasy, but it was shocking. It was a, uh, insensitive thing that John Gruden said in 2011 about Denora Smith or Demora <laughs> Smith. Um, 2000 wow okay yeah so it just came to light uh it's not completely relevant i'm i'm trying to think here uh brian edwards isn't a thing stop trying to make him a thing i'm telling this directly at fantasy twitter um alan robinson this is kind of a do or die game for alan robinson i got a lot of starter sick questions for him last week um he's the wide receiver like 71 right now yeah, i don't even yeah. think you even should even consider starting him at all yeah. even in flex he, he's not he he has a he has Justin Fields and B the the offense isn't moving the ball at all so why should I even think about starting Allen Robinson there's no reason to all right there you go uh, Damian Williams uh, against a questionable uh, run defense he's a guy that you should probably get into your lineups because if Justin Fields falters it's going to be lean on the run game time so. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Allen Robinson is not the wide receiver 71. He's the wide receiver 62. Please have some respect for him, Mike. <laughs> you're still not starting him, but you're not starting him less, I guess. Yeah, you, you, it's that it's that less situation. You, yeah, you're still not starting him, but you have that little small. No, you're just still not starting him. <laughs> so until further notice, keep him on your bench. He's hanging out with Cortland Sutton. Um yeah, you're starting Josh Jacobs. You're starting Damian Williams if you have him. You're starting Darren Waller. Uh, I think that's it for this one. I'm taking Vegas. Yeah, I think Vegas wins this one as well. They're playing in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas lost last week, and they're going to bounce back. All right, clean sweep. So Walker's also choosing Vegas. Giants and Cowboys. Giants are uh one and three cowboys are three and one this game has a 52 point over under with uh the cowboys as seven point favorites so injuries in this one um for the giants it's going to be their second straight week without darius slayton and sterling shepherd which wow. means the chaos agent Kadarius tony um, or john he, ross or john ross or or evan ingram evan ingram uh, yeah Six targets in in his first two games this year. Uh, six targets each of the last two. Uh, caught, five, caught five of six last week. Just just, just saying. Um, Zeke questionable with the knee injury, but he's not concerned. Uh, Cooper, the hamstring injury, uh, also questionable. He's not concerned. Um, that's it for injuries in this one. So uh, the question for this game is... Uh, Mike, you want to know C.D. Lamb could bounce back, and that's one that I would definitely like to see happen. Yeah, ever since pretty much week one, he's been on a tra- trajectory of going uh, downhill. Uh, he's trying to, I'm trying to locate him right now because um, it's all been sort of downhill for uh, for him since since that opening week, whatever, I can't find him right now, but, um, he, uh, oh, here he is. Okay. So now I can give you more of an accurate situation. Uh, week one against Tampa Bay, uh, he scored 23 and a half points. Week two against the chargers, he scored 17 and a half points. So a six point reduction. Week three against Philadelphia, he scored 
nine and a half points, eight point reduction. And then last week he scored 3.3 points. Um, every week he's going down six to seven points uh, from from the beginning of the season. And now he's at 3.3. He is completely bottomed out. Unless he puts up a goose egg this week, uh, it's it's you know one of those things where okay now let's now that you bottomed out let's restart and put you back on top again. And I think that's that's definitely possible. It's also possible that he will put up a complete goose egg. The Giants have a very good uh, defensive secondary, and it seems the last couple games which have worked really well for the Cowboys is. Running Ezekiel Elliott, run him, run him, run him, and then dump the ball off to Dalton Schultz. And why why would you change something that's worked really well for you? And so uh, it's one of those situations where you know how good C.D. Lamb is. He's he's proven time after time that he is a great wide receiver. But is he being phased out from this offense? And I think this week will be a very good uh, telling of who C.D. Lamb is or who we're going to see for the rest of the season. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I, I really hope C.D. Lamb can bounce back. I think he's very good, but uh, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it's 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 he's a victim of the Cowboys' success of them having too many good players. So hopefully he can bounce back, back this week. We'll see, but we're still starting him. I mean, I don't think you can get away from C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I'm starting him this week in my home league once again. Uh, and hopefully... Um, my fingers are crossed. Uh, so nah. I, mean, I have my fingers crossed for Tyler Lockett and just cir- circumstances. I mean, he had a touchdown that was called back by a penalty and he missed two others. One was an overthrow and one was a defensive passing interference call. So we'll see if CD Lamb can return. Yeah. So uh, Dalton Schultz uh, should be a good play in this one. He's been, um, you know, pretty good this year. Top six. Uh, at tight end, just absolutely cruising. Um, the Blake Jarwin flow charts out of control. That's what it, you know called him last year, and now he's uh, standing on his own like a big strong boy. Um, trying to think, you're starting him. You're starting Daniel Jones. So are we starting Daniel Jones or Dak Prescott? <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't sound like a question to start the year, but now it's like, I mean, Dak's been struggling. Uh yeah, I, Dak Dak I think had a a good week last week. He's let's see, let me pull up. Um, I totally forgot that I have all this information on my on my charts, um, my spreadsheets. So uh, he okay, so he was really good in week one. Um, he finished in the top four with thirty three and a half points, and then he was in the bottom portion of week three i haven't done week four yet but uh he was in bottom portion of the top 12 he was uh in week three and then week four what was he um seven so he's he's anywhere between uh four and seven for the most part this year which is not really where you wanted Dak prescott you probably got him as your fourth or fifth quarterback, but it's not too far off uh, against the Giants. It might be a little bit more difficult for him, especially if they're still running the ball quite a bit. Um, I don't expect him to throw for four touchdowns, uh, but I do uh, do expect him to outperform Daniel Jones. I mean, 
Daniel Jones has been pretty good this year. Uh, he has at least uh, 21 fantasy points in three out of his four games this this uh, this year. He is the uh, quarterback six, whereas Dak Prescott's down there. Um, I think he hold on. I'm counting this. Uh, he's quarterback nine or ten. It looks like so. We'll see. I mean, it's not as crazy a question as you would think. The only thing is, is Daniel Jones is throwing an interception this week because Diggs on Dallas just can't stop getting picks. So he is going to throw an interception. But, you know, I mean, I just have to say it. Uh, Joe Pisapia, he did everything short of calling me a big old dum-dum for being excited to see Daniel Jones. So far, so (laughs) good. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be one of those feather in my cap moments. Like when I argued with... uh, um, Oh, what's his name? Cecil Lammy uh, about CJ Anderson. And I was like, maybe it's not his ear. And he's like, no, it's going to be his ear. And I was like, maybe it's not. And he like yelled at me on Twitter and it wasn't his ear. So this will be one of those uh, feather in my cap game. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things I learned about Cecil Lammy is that he's a good, I guess, adequate. He still has a job, so he must be good at something um, doing the play by play for the Broncos. But as far as fantasy analysis, yeah, not so much. He's a good like radio host. Like yeah, exactly. he's, he's he's a good host, but his analysis and, and he was boys with CJ Anderson, not to go down a tangent, but he was friends with CJ Anderson. So it's like, dude, peel yourself off of the uh you know, the friendship bandwagon for just a second. Like, you know, I'm personal fan, friends with handsome James Garoppolo, but I gotta know when things are bad. <laughs> you you, you got to do what's best. You got to tell the knowledge that's there and be honest, not only with yourself but the listeners as well. And with handsome James, and yeah, uh, you definitely break it down to him. I'm taking Dallas. Walker's taking Dallas. Mike, do we have a clean sweep? Uh, no, Uncle Giants here. Is going the New York Giants. All right, next game up, San Francisco. True, true. Arizona, 4-0. I just kind of had to gloss over that record. 50-point over-under. Arizona, 5.5-point favorites. This is the news that I got that I was not happy about. Uh, George Kittle is doubtful with his Uh calf injury. Um, Elijah Mitchell remains limited on practice. Uh, He is questionable, uh, but we won't really know until Sunday. And Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Trey Lance, baby. So it's Lance time. I moved Trey Lance into my starting lineup in the Football Absurdity Writers League uh, with that news uh, over uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and the 49ers signed Joey Sly to replace uh, Robbie Gould, who's on injured reserve uh, with, uh, I believe, a groin injury. Um, as for Arizona, Chase Edmonds is a game time decision against the Niners. I think that means we see a lot of James Conner this week. Uh, Edmonds is dealing with a shoulder injury. Other than that, um, I don't see any updates on DeAndre Hopkins' ribs injury. So we'll see how that develops. He did get seven targets last week, but we'll just see how that develops. I'm not seeing any updates on it, though. Um, question in this one is Walker wants to know if Chase Edmonds is top 15. I initially said yes. Uh, with this injury, I'm going to say no. I don't think he's a top 15 option. I do appreciate that there is a good pivot here. If you have James Conner um, on your roster, um, but uh, it's a it's a 125 start. I think I accidentally had it at 105. It's a 125 start, um, so it's the last start unless you have Sunday night football or Monday night football guys. So um, your pivots are not great if you're going after Chase Edmonds. They're like Damian Williams. I guess you could have that option. They're 
Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, if they're active. Trey Sermon's a nice pivot in this game if you have them both. Um, the Buffalo guys, maybe. And then you're looking at, like, Naheem Hines or Latavius Murray. So there's not a robust set of options here. So he might finish top 15, but I wouldn't rank him in that um, this week, even though the Niners are, they get gashed against my pass catching running backs. Week one, uh, they're, they're the only two times running backs got more than three targets against them. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift both had eight catches. Um, so they got gashed. Both ended up inside the top five. If Chase Edmonds, we find out on Saturday, is going to play. It's not a game-time decision. He does move up into the top 15 for me. But with the game-time decision, with how late the game is, I can't put him in the top 15. He's like a back-end running back, too, for me. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, the pivots. The pivots, there's some decent pivots. But, you know, there are a lot of guys in the morning games that I would rather play. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, too, because Chase Edmonds right now is the only uh, running back that has been in the top 24 each week. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so if he doesn't, he falters because of that injury, then, of course, that would be he'll eliminate himself. So, um, yeah, and I think he's the only player overall. This has not been a very... This season through four weeks has not been very con- uh, conducive to consistency, really, mm-hmm. with any of the players. Uh, so it's very interesting. A lot of players are going up and down, up and down, and not maintaining top 24 status. Yeah, it's been a hard year to try to get a, a, a grip on things because – bash my mic, sorry. I um, I try to, like, wait for things to happen for a couple weeks in a row before I act on them, but then nothing happens two weeks in a row. And it's like, come on, guys, you're killing me from the consistency standpoint. So, um, yeah, it's a, a difficult thing to, to do to think about here. So um, who, who do you think is better, Trey Sermon or Elijah Mitchell? I think that Trey Sermon is a better football player than Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Um, Elijah Mitchell, he he has a lot of fun and interesting things about him. But I think long term, he doesn't have what it takes to stay in the league. He's a very fragile player. I mean, he's already injured. Um, And that goes to the way that he takes hits. He cannot take a hit very well. Um, I described it in the pre-draft process as him being in Gary's mod. If you remember that old game that, you know, you get hit in the video game and you start to like spin around and like flop around. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of RT3 taking a hit. And uh, he just doesn't have the size to to do that. So um, I liked Elijah Mitchell coming out, but I still think Trey Sermon's a better player. I just think they're closer than a lot of people want to say. Gotcha. Because yeah. I'm trying to decide on what I should do with Trey Sermon. If I, you know, is he startable with, uh, you know, without Elijah Mitchell and those kind of things? Or is he droppable even if Elijah Oh, Mitchell- he's not droppable. Okay. No, no, no. He's he's uh he's um all systems go I think uh pretty soon the only thing you really have to worry about is Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back I think Elijah Mitchell is going to fade back into the background and there's going to be a lot of people that I get to dance all over uh, some old takes from them um, Brandon Ayuk you can't start right now there's you just can't he's with Alan he's hanging out with Allen Robinson and Cortland Sutton for me like hey you guys sit over here till you show me something. Um, if George Kittle can't go, 
Yeah, Debo. Debo's a beast and a stud and a beast and a stud. He is monstrous. Um, Max Williams has been doing okay if you want to roll the dice on George Kittle playing. Um, He's been doing all right. He's been getting a lot of targets. The Niners are good against tight ends uh, because Fred Warner is a monster. I mean, um, he's one of the best, if not the best coverage linebackers in the league. So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, You know, there are other pivots available at one o'clock if you want to go to Jared Cook. If you want to go to, I mean, roll the dice on Austin Hooper scoring another touchdown. Dawson Knox is available. Um, Mo Alley Cox is another one on Monday Night Football. So um, George Kittle, there's some decent pivot options. I would pick one up now. A Mo Alley Cox or a Max Williams or a uh, Evan Ingram or a Jared Cook. Uh, probably would go Cook, Ingram. Mo Ali Cox, Max Williams uh, as your pivot points there. But there's a lot of them. So I would run, roll the dice on George Kittle uh, playing this week. You will you will roll the dice that he plays? Yeah, because there's a lot of pivots if he doesn't play. You oh, know? okay. So put him in there. And then if word comes down that he's not playing, then you could just go, as you mentioned, pivot to a different tight yeah. end. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's Jared Cook. Uh, like Dawson Knox might not have been picked up. Evan Ingram's available. Yeah, I'm kicking myself over the Dawson Knox thing because I picked the, I don't know what I Okay, so this this is sort of just my my story here. Um <laughs> I I drafted Logan Thomas and okay. then I drafted Zach Ertz like with the last pick of the round and I'm like as we all talk about, there're blobs left. There's no there's no reason to look at any other tight end. Stick with your tight ends unless both of them are injured or some, you know, extraneous factors that make you force you to go onto the waiver wire and pick up a tight end. So week three, I think, or week two, um, what do I do? Oh, um, Pat Fryermuth is out there. I oh. like Pat Fryermouth. I, I think he'd be great for my team. I'm going to dump Zach Dirt for Pat Fryermouth. Well, nope, that didn't work. That didn't work, right? And then so... Now I'm looking at um, another tight end, and I'm like, oh, okay, who, who's out there? Who's really good? Oh, Mike Kosicki's really good, um, except for I did something stupid. I went and I picked him up a day late over the the waiver wires. So I I ended up dropping David Johnson, which was a very sad day for me because I've had David Johnson on my team for years and years and years and dumped him for Mike Kosicki. But – I dumped him a day too late. So guess who I'm starting this week in my tight end slot? Pat Firemouth. Oh, uh, God. So uh, I could be starting Zach Ertz if I just stuck to what I was supposed to do in the very beginning um, and went in and just left everything alone. Um, so now I'm going to probably go and get Dawson Knox and drop Pat Firemouth. And so now I've made, I'm going to make four moves at the tight end slot when I was told myself the to whole guns and not do anything at all. <sighs> that's rough. That that's, that's, that's the blob is you, you, you pick up and you put down pieces of the blob that are almost the same. And you know, you're, 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 you'll end up kicking yourself if you overmanage the blob. So, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, I'm taking Arizona. I, I don't see a way the 49ers win this one. Yeah, Arizona's five and zero. I'm 
I'm very confused on why 49ers are two and two um, because, well, they they've had a little rash of injuries, so never mind. Yeah, um, they've they've been they got whooped up physically again two years in a row. It's, yep. Ouch. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go with Arizona. Okay. Oh, we forgot to talk Trey Lance. So Trey Lance is starting. Are you starting Trey Lance? I want to start Trey Lance, uh, but with no bye weeks and unless all my running back or my white. Well, I guess he can be running back. Yeah, Um, uh, yeah, as long as all my quarterbacks are healthy, then there's no reason to start Trey Lance. I'm starting Trey Lance because my other option is Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Well, he definitely would want to start Trey Lance. Um, There there is um, one league where I have... um, I don't know, like uh, just backup quarterbacks on my team. So I'm starting. I'm starting Trey Lance in in that league. Uh, so I guess there are are ways that you can start Trey Lance. I'm, now I'm trying to find out what because that that league is really really awful. Um, I'll get back to you on which league that is. Okay, so while you get back to me, um, I'm thinking, so you're starting Debo. uh, Christian Kirk or Brandon Ayuk? I think you have to go Brandon Ayuk. Really? Over Kirk? Kirk had, I think, a bad game last week, and then Brandon Ayuk has just been... Oh, Brandon Ayuk! I'm I'm, I'm mixing Debo Samuel with Brandon Ayuk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip that, my mistake. I'm going uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, so that's how things have fallen is we're looking at uh, uh, Christian Kirk, who was left for dead. He over, was. Over Brandon Ayuk. And everybody who told me, uh, oh, Brandon Ayuk's going to be the centerpiece of this Kyle Shanahan offense all offseason. And I said, no, he's not. Uh, he did was not that last year when everybody was healthy. Now who's laughing? Now who's laughing? My man laughing because he know. So... So it's a it's a two QB league. I was right. I do have Taylor Heineke. I didn't think I did. So um, my starting two QBs are Taylor Heineke and Trey Lance. But my other two co- quarterbacks, um, I don't know why I have him on my team still, but Colt McCoy and Deshaun Watson. Sheesh. Nothing. All righty. All righty. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to Sunday Night Football then. So we got... The Bills and the Chiefs, this is going to be the game of the week. Um, This is a 52-point over-under. I put Dallas seven-point favorites. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say that I typoed that and that Dallas isn't actually seven-point favorites in this Buffalo and KC game. (laughs) Just... I think just that might gonna, be an error. Maybe. Yeah, just going to take a shot in the dark here and say that it's uh, KC two-and-a-half is the actual line. I don't know what happened there, but... um, this line has changed. This line has flown up the board. It's 56 and a half now. Wow, that line has jumped. Okay. Um, so injuries in this one. Uh, Buffalo, none of note that I'm seeing here. Casey, uh, Chris Jones, questionable with the wrist injury. Willie Gay, linebacker, uh, is designated to return from IR. Josh Gordon is active. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. I'll say it three times. Um, that seems to be it for injuries. Um, let's get starter sit out of the way before we get to Walker's question. Um, sort of like your your question on Twitter. I forget what it was with um, 
I responded with chaos. Um, oh, I mean, what if Samaj P. Ryan has a good game this week? Yeah, I, I think I think we could ask that the same same question with Josh Gordon. What happens if Josh Gordon has a good week this week? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's wild. Um, I, I just put up another poll that I wanted to check on, which was uh, a pursuant to our conversation. I said Dakota or Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones. And I, the, my options are Dakota, Dimes, or Hit Me with a Brick. And Daniel <laughs> Jones and Dimes and Hit Me with a Brick are tied right now. So, uh, <laughs> um, so start us in this one. Uh, you're starting your Chiefs uh, named Tyreek, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and you're starting Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox. But what about these running backs, Mike? Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Yeah, who knows? It really is one of those kind of things that we sort of leaned last year was Devin Singletary would have a couple good games and then Zach Moss would have a couple good games and then back and forth, back and forth they go, or neither of them will have good games and so you have that third option where neither one of them would have good games. Uh, I think this offense, I think they're trying to get one of these guys more involved, which is really hurting Josh Allen uh, production-wise. Uh, so they don't want probably Josh Allen to run as many options near the goal line and, and you know because there's a lot of football players that are really, really big down in the goal <laughs> line. There's not a lot of room to run, and you're probably going to get smashed. So... It's like let's preserve our quarterback here, but yeah, I I don't know. There, there's really no sense to make out of of this situation because it's it's just more of a mess than anything. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. I have some some input because Walker wants to know if Zach Moss can keep it up. Um, I think because it's a shootout, he should be able to somewhat keep it up. Um. It's a shootout, and the Chiefs aren't very good against running backs. They're fourth in yards per carry, first in fantasy points per touch, first in fantasy points per rush attempt against for running backs. Um, so if he gets 14 carries, you should get you know 13 fantasy points or so, which will make him a number two running back. So you can start him, but I wouldn't be too excited about him. This is another question where it's like, what does keep it up mean? You know? Right. Yeah, like yeah. Mike Williams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what is exactly because we're looking at Zach Moss, you know, who's an RB what twenty eight um, uh-huh. on the air right now. I'm not hundred percent sure on where Zach Moss is, but uh, I'm guessing twenty eight. Uh, he's twenty third. So uh, it's yeah. It, what, what does that mean? Is he keep it up? Is in top twelve, top twenty? Well, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, guy I wanted to highlight, if you're in a pinch, uh, Emmanuel Sanders has at least six targets in all of his games this year, all four of the games. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards per 16 games, uh, averaging um, 16.7 yards per reception. 16.8, actually, if you round properly, Jeff, learn math. Uh, <laughs> so he's taken over the uh, uh, John Brown role that I thought Gabe Davis was going to take over. So, Me too. Uh, light him up. If you smoke him if you got him. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he is a wide receiver three right now, I think, uh, with a little career resurgence there in Buffalo. Um, I, honestly, this game's like a start them all. So I just wanted to see who you thought was going to win because I think we're we're done talking about this. Start them all. Yeah, all the major, major guys for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think 
KC just hasn't looked good this year um, at all. Uh, they they really could be 0-4. I don't know how they did last week. I don't know if that was a close game or not. I don't remember. But I know the first three weeks they they really, you know, could be 0-3. Um, did they smash last week? That's what I'm looking up. Not completely. Week four is out of my brain. I don't remember. Kansas City. Uh, oh, yeah, 42-30 to 30 against the Eagles. That's right. Tyree Kill went nu- super nuclear. Yeah, he did. He had, like, like 11 receptions or something and two yeah. touchdowns, whatever. But anyways, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I like Buffalo in this game. I'm going to go Buffalo. Yeah, me too. I had KC originally, but I've swapped it over because uh, this this isn't your, your daddy's uh, Chiefs, and the Bills might be the best team in football. Um, we might be headed towards a – Buffalo Arizona uh, Super Bowl, which would, would be, be fun. Crazy. It would be, It'd fun. be hella fun. That, yeah. Talking about two teams that just completely aired out. I think that 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 line that over under would be like sixty three points or something like that. Yeah, it'd be insane. So you said Buffalo? Yes. Okay. So clean sweep on Buffalo. Uh, last game of the week: Indy and Baltimore. Indy one and three. Baltimore three and one. 46 point over under Baltimore are seven point favorites. Um, no real injuries on the Baltimore side to note. Uh, Carson Wentz got full practice in Naheem Hines did not participate in practice on Thursday with a shoulder injury. Um, it seems like it's not too serious, but I wouldn't be risking it. Um, it's a bad matchup and he's banged up and it's Monday night football. So if you got Hines, probably want to move them out of your lineup other than that that's that's it so uh mike you want to know about lamar jackson being back in the top 12 for the second time this season and one of those times was barely he was 12 yeah uh and honestly he just hasn't been all that great especially fantasy wise uh i know everybody wants to make lamar jackson a thing but um and i don't so it's always a <laughs> consistency of butting heads uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised about how poor he's been in fantasy, uh, when he's only been in there twice. And like you mentioned, one was barely. So the Colts defense, they, they could get, um, exposed deep, but they're very good underneath and short to intermediate routes. And this could be a very tough day for Lamar Jackson, especially because the Colts play a zone and he won't have a lot of yards to run for. So I'm going to go no, um, even though the Baltimore is favored by seven points. I think that Baltimore wins this, but I still think Lamar Jackson is um, – it's hard to say that he won't hit top 12. I'm going to say he'll, he'll hit top 12 just because it's almost impossible, even though he's done it half the, half the time this season, to be not a top 12. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go top 12. Yeah, you want time. you want to hear something wild? Huh? He is uh, his per sixteen games. He is on pace to smash his passing. Uh, he's on pace for forty three hundred passing yards. Wow! It's just touchdowns are the problem. I think he has four passing touchdowns in four games, and he only has that one game with two rushing touchdowns against the Chiefs. So, um, the Ravens using him more like a quarterback is hurting his fantasy points uh, because, you know, seven for 28 rushing last week. That's not a that's not a Lamar Jackson not game. Lamar. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying they, to see what 
they really want to force him to be in the pocket more because they know that his career isn't <laughs> going to be long if he just continues just to run run the ball. Um, even though he does take he, he he's pretty good with with understanding when he needs to get out of bounds and when he needs to slide. He's not out there like RG three just trying to take over you know someone who's like 260 pounds and six sets you know yeah. Uh, so, but they they know that his career is going to be shortened if if he, he doesn't become more of a drop back passer. Yeah, and I'm looking. Uh, it was his lowest rushing yardage since uh, October 2020, week five. He had three rushing yards, but it's it's his third lowest game rushing since he became the starter. Um, those other two games were blowouts, 27 to three against Cincy and 59 to 10 against uh, Miami. So um, this is the first time where it was like, uh, I guess this you could also qual- qualify this as a blowout, 23 to seven. Uh, not quite, not quite a blowout. Not, but probably depending on you know where when it was 23 to seven, if you're getting to be like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, you know you're just handing the ball off on two of the three downs. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm benching Michael Pittman this week. I don't know if you can start Michael Pittman. This is a very stingy Baltimore Ravens pass defense. Uh, you're starting Jonathan Taylor. We already mentioned Nikeem Hines. Uh, Mark Andrews, you're starting. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Mike. He's, yeah. He's like, if he had, hadn't dropped those touchdowns, he would be like a top five wide receiver right now. Yeah, he would be. He, he's been consistent since week one, too. So, or even before that, last year, he started, I think, around week 10 after just being a disaster for yeah. nine weeks. He About week 10 of last year, he started to turn around and hasn't stopped since. Yeah, so good for him. You know, we, we, we didn't believe it because it seemed to come out of nowhere, but it's, that's what happens when you turn the corner. It seems like it came out of nowhere. So, um Sorry, Mike, I'm taking Baltimore in this one. So is Walker. Yeah, me too. All right. Hate to hear it. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Walker's team is the Bears. I'm checking to see. No, Walker's team is the Lions, not the Bears. Uh, Nobody picked any of their teams to win this week. Clean sweep for Minnesota. Clean sweep for Arizona. Clean sweep for Baltimore. So our teams are bad shape. Rough shape, folks. Not Not good. Uh, so I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Unless Mike, do you have anything to add? Oh, uh, just for his la- last week's results. Uh, oh yeah. For our pick'em games, I didn't know how you wanted to do it. If you wanted to do it, where just uh, look at individual as far as um, the differences. So, like in the differences um, that we picked, um, Walker had three differences, three different games, and you and I did um and he had like three points and then I had two points and then you had one point which you probably want to do because overall Walker scored 10 you got 10 correct I got nine correct and Jeff got seven correct I'm bad this year in pick'em I'm just getting smashed uh the pick'em pool that I'm in with Walker I'm in I believe there's 19 people I'm in 18th place oh wow I'm just getting obliterated and this will this will be Let's see if Walker's paying attention. Because what I've done is if I don't know, I'm Walker puts his in first. I'm just doing what Walker does. 
There you go. That's how you do it. That's how you keep. Because <laughs> he's in like fourth place, so I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm, I'm already in such a hole that I'm not gonna win. So I'm like, I'm just not gonna embarrass myself. So let's see if he listens this far. I'm just, if I'm not sure, I'm just going with what Walker says. So there you go. There you go. That's how you all do right. it. That's right. All right. So we will be back on Tuesday with another episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Um, I will be back on Sunday morning um, to talk starter sit with Evan on the Twitch. I will be back on Monday to talk Sunday review on the Twitch as well. I missed this week because I had some noodles and company and it messed with my tummy. It made me all rumbly. So uh, I'll be back as long as I don't have any more noodles and company. So for Mike, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening and good luck in week five. Bye.